0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. And uh, good morning to you. It is uh, June 18th, one day before Juneteenth, a holiday that a lot of us clueless white folks are uh, learning more and more about. We're learning more and more about all kinds of things, aren't we? <laughs> wow. I don't know where to start. You know, uh, <laughs> I used to have to try not to start the program with a sigh. And and now I find myself always starting it with, I don't know where to start. Um, there's so many, um, so many thoughts just, just crashing around in my head, any one of which uh, would be something that would fill an hour of uh, one of my programs in the past, and I'm lucky if I even get to mentioning it. This is the kind of chaos brought to us by our fellow Americans who thought Donald Trump would be a good precedent. Um, gotta touch on Bolton, gotta touch on Atlanta. As I said, any of these are huge stories. Huge. Um, gotta touch on Tulsa. God almighty. Um Let me start with with actually a, a column that Nicholas Kristof did because it it's about something that I do want to get into today, and um, this is a thing I think more than anything that unsettles me, scares me more than anything. And there's lots that we're afraid of these days, understandably. This to me is more terrifying than COVID 19. And what it is, is the delusion, the flat out insanity that has infected. Whole swaths of this country. Um, we've talked for years now about how Americans are so divided, and that we're we're even populating uh, uh, not not only geographically different parts of the country, but we're populating different realities, different universes. And to take a deep dive into that other universe, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) is terrifying. We have the Attorney General of the United States and the President and Fox News and the right wing enablers um, from the beginning of the protests over initially George Floyd's murder. Now, of course, the names, I mean the names, the videos that keep piling up But the Attorney General of the United States, the President of the United States, when people poured into the streets demanding change, immediately said, Antifa. There was zero basis in fact. Now that's scary the two of the most powerful men in the country, immediately started to spread totally false information. Fox News picked it up and ran with it. And what I want to talk about is how the impact of that all over the country There are Americans living in little towns all over this nation who go to bed at night with guns under their pillows, guns beside their beds, worrying about Antifa. As an organization, it doesn't even exist. It's just sort of a bunch of what I think of as a bunch of anarchist kids who like to make trouble, sort of coming up with uh, some kind of a political uh, cover uh, for their mischief. And they have annoyed me for some time. They're so small in number. But Christoph takes us, and maybe you heard of it, or heard of other things like this happening, because they're not covered like they should be. A little seaside, remote town in Oregon, which by the way, Oregon has a whole bunch of these deluded, crazy people living. Yeah, I know it's got Portland, but then it's got like a lot of the rest of the state just filled with people living in an unreality in which fear and guns are the most important things. A little town called, I don't know how they pronounce it, Coquille, perhaps. It's a town of about 4,000 people, overwhelmingly white. And a group, a very small group in this town, a few people thought they would have a Black Lives Matter protest. It was going to be peaceful, but they just wanted to. And you've seen these stories of little towns where a few people come out Well, word raced through the town like wildfire into the next town and the town after that that busloads of Antifa terrorists were headed to Coquille to destroy the city. The sheriff and his deputies, according to Kristoff, got out their bulletproof vests. They got out the armored vehicle they had. And they took up positions to defend their town. And they were not alone. More than 200 citizens of the town showed up. They had rifles, they had flags, and they came to defend their town from the Antifa caravan coming in. Quite frankly, I'm not sure what happened to the handful of people who were going to do a Black Lives Matter protest. I think if they were smart, they stayed home. Now, you know the rest of the story. There was no caravan. There were no bus loads. Nobody came. And this same scenario has played out in other towns across this country. People fighting ghosts. People believing absolute lies made up out of whole cloth but spread by the Attorney General of the United States of America by the President of the United States of America by the leading cable network Fox News and then of course social media this Anti Antifa hysteria is insane. It's insanity, and it's all over the place. Little town of Forks, Washington, overwhelmingly white. There was a family from Spokane who was, uh, camping, camping in the area. They're mixed race. And someone saw them, and the rumor spread Antifa, Antifa right there in the woods. the local newspaper ended up reporting how local people, again defending Forks, Washington, aggressively confronted this terrified family, a mother, a father, a grandmother, and a 16-year-old girl. With these angry white people surrounding them. They were told, we know you're Antifa. The family tried to get the hell out. Their car was tailed by four other cars filled with these vigilantes, some armed, of course. This terrified family who went camping, end up in a nightmare of terror with these racists, these deluded lunatics. They cut down trees, the lunatics, to block the family from leaving. So they got stuck. They had nowhere to go. I wish I knew more about the story. I am, they, they did survive. And it was four teenagers, high school kids who rescued them. Cutting the logs with a chainsaw that they brought to open the, the road, getting the sheriff then escorted these folks out of forks and to safety. And here's the scary thing. These people just, there's so many of them. They so terrify me. These kinds of genuine panic attacks by Americans with guns are an incredible danger. And these are the kind of people that Trump wants to keep riled up. And then Christoph tells us something that, well, you should have figured. He says you might think that this kind of hysteria would be self correcting. I mean, the citizens of Coquille saw that no caravans of Antifa came. The people in forts and all these other little towns who were armed to the teeth to protect their, their property. From these rampaging Antifa people were, well, left standing there, I would imagine, feeling foolish when nobody shows up. You would think <coughs> that would be a sane person's, well, way- oh, geez, I guess we got had. Somebody's messing with us. You would think. They'd be angry that they were had, that people thought they were dumbbells who could be (laughs) manipulated so easily. But that never happens. Because what happens in these little towns when Antifa doesn't show is that their show of force. so that the narrative actually gains traction. And they believe even more strongly that their show, these white folks and their guns, have saved the day and sent those cowardly Antifa into retreat. i uh i am I am more terrified of these people than I am of Donald Trump because he's gonna be gone they will not, and someone else will come around, maybe many who will continue to bamboozle them and lead them astray and lead us further into A nightmare. That's what I'm afraid of. So I think it has been uh, pretty well um, cataloged that as our Attorney General and uh, Trump Warn of this leftist violence that is going to come as a result of Americans protesting peacefully in the streets. The real threat from the right wing and their deranged supporters is the only thing that has been in fact proven that is happening. And this, again, you couldn't write this. You couldn't, if you made it up, you would say, oh, come on, that's too silly. The boogaloo, boogaloo movement or the Boogaloo Boys. The reality is, is the people belonging to that group are the ones that have, in fact, been charged since Americans took to the streets, have been charged with violent acts. Boogaloo. You thought, you know, what these things that were on the margins are now showing that there's no leader, again, no leader, no headquarters, no command structure, just social media, and a lot of people peddling merchandise. But they're increasingly visible. The Hawaiian shirts, the guys carrying the guns. Federal prosecutors in California, in Texas, in Nevada, in Colorado are raising alarms. They've been arresting some of these folks. And any time they arrest them, they, they find huge caches of weapons and explosives. You know about the Air Force Sergeant, Stephen Carrillo. He's Boogaloo. Total. Undercover wanting to appear as if he was part of a Black Lives Matter march, he shot and killed a security guard in Oakland last month. He got there in a car he stole, and he scrawled in his blood on that stolen car before he went off to kill somebody in a uniform, he wrote in his blood, B-O-O-G. Former FBI agent who studies extremist political activity. Uh, His name is Clint Watts. He said the numbers are simply overwhelming. Most of the violence is coming from the extreme right. This guy who killed this security guard in Oakland had posted on his Facebook page about the Black Lives Matter movement. Use their anger to fuel our fire. Think outside the box. We have mobs of angry people to use to our advantage. And what he means by that is, we'll blend in with these crowds, we'll cause havoc, we'll kill. And if we do it right, they'll be the ones blamed. They are reaching tens of millions of people on social media. Federal authorities uh, this month uh, charged three guys in Nevada, all veterans of the U.S. military, of planning to use Molotov cocktails and other explosives to trigger violence among protesters in Las Vegas last month. These guys were caught before they pulled it off. An FBI SWAT team arrested them. They had fireworks, accelerants, an AR-15, a 12-gauge shotgun, and ammo. They were also planning the firebombing of a Forest Service facility. All these guys with a military background... Are advocates of this boogaloo? It's all over the place. And this now flurry of boogaloo related prosecutions underscores the growing threat posed by this radicalized far-right, this heavily armed radicalized far-right that wants a race war. And yet Donald Trump, Bill Barr, are warning us about Antifa, who, whose members have never been responsible for crimes of this sort. Looting, yeah, I mean looting, breaking windows is their, their stock in trade. A lot of people say there needs to be a sense of urgency about this. Independent research groups have been warning for months and months about rising signs of this boogaloo organizing and activity on Facebook. Thank you, Mr. Zuckerberg. On Instagram, on Twitter. They used to be in the margins. They're right out front now. I don't know. Scary stuff. And getting very little attention. I find it astonishing that Trump is going through with the uh, Tulsa rally. I really do. I mean... I, I I can't even I can't I can't believe that he thinks it's it's helpful to him, which is after all all that he cares about. But I really can't believe it. And did you see that the governor <coughs> of Oklahoma has invited Trump to tour? the black neighborhood since rebuilt that was burned and bombed to the ground in the murderous rampage of the Tulsa massacre. The leaders of the black community said, what? We don't want them here. And in fact, it's almost as if they're setting up trouble because They were so fearful, the black community in Tulsa, so fearful of a possible confrontation between Trump's right-wing crazies and black people in the community that they organized a whole bunch of stuff in the black community for Friday and Saturday to keep People there. Al Sharpton's coming in to talk. There's all kinds of stuff. Please, they're trying desperately not to confront them. Meanwhile, these guys, white guys with guns, are already to be seen outside the building where the rally will be held. They're there. They're itching for trouble and Trump I I still think he's going to back down but I guess he can't I don't know I don't know Uh, thank you little Tony it took me a while to get to that Uh, the US Supreme Court has ruled that the Trump administration cannot end DACA the Dreamer Act. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. The Supreme Court ruled Thursday, the Trump administration cannot carry out its plans to shut down the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals program, which has allowed nearly 800,000 young people to avoid deportation and remain here. This is a huge defeat. The decision was authored mostly by Chief Justice John Roberts. He was joined in the majority by the usual suspects, the liberal justices, Ginsburg, Breyer, Kagan, and Sotomayor. The others. Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh agreed with some parts, but they filed dissents. So there you have it. That is uh, more good news coming out of the Supreme Court. I'm glad to hear it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Trump's going to try to create a super spreader event in Tulsa, which of course um, in Oklahoma had its single day record, which broke the record set the day before of new cases. So they're spiking there (laughs) and he wants to create a super spreader event Here's the reality, about 800 Americans a day are dying of uh, COVID-19. And if we keep up that level, and there's no reason to believe we won't because you see it spiking all over in these red states now, we would be heading toward 200,000 dead before the summer's over. Trump says it's contained. The vice President says it's contained. I really don't want to talk about Bolton's book. I mean uh because he ain't telling us anything we didn't know. Oh, something we didn't know. we didn't know he He begged the chinese uh Chinese head G to um help him get reelected by buying soybean and wheat from certain states that he had to hold on to. Um, Now, we didn't know that. We didn't know he told Xi that he thought building concentration camps and putting uh, over a million Uyghurs in them was uh, a really good idea. Granted, we didn't know that. But... uh, we knew he was an idiot. So don't tell, you know, am I shocked that he was shocked, Trump, when he was talking to the British prime minister at the time, Theresa May, that she had nuclear weapons? What? Said our president, you got nuclear weapons? He thought Finland was part of Russia? He thought Venezuela belonged to America? He thought a war with them would be cool? Why is any of that, you know, I don't... Unsurprising. I yawned. And I'll tell you this. This SOB, John Bolton... could have gone down in history in a good way. He could have changed the course of history by telling what he knew while the impeachment was going on. But he had money to make and a book to sell. And so he's just another corrupt Enabler. He's just another example of extreme cowardice. He's just another person who served in this Trump administration who put himself above the country. He's an opportunistic SOB, and don't ever buy that book. Catherine writes, locally, where I live, Catanning, men showed up in Catanning with assault rifles. You're kidding, because they heard busloads of terrorists. We're going to show up to the peaceful protest we had. No buses came. The protest was peaceful. Yeah, so right around here, you don't have to look. I didn't have to talk about Forks or Coquille. I didn't have to go to the Pacific Northwest. I could just go right down the road here to Katanning, to Vandergrift. Catherine says, in Vandergrift, merchants boarded up windows, and the local car dealership moved all their cars because of a rumor that busloads from Pittsburgh ah, busloads of black people were going to show up for a violent protest. Yeah, because there's nothing they want more than to destroy a Vandergrift auto dealership. That's what they're in the streets for, huh? So Catherine's living right amongst small town America. That is insane. That is insane. There's no other word for it. They're de- delusional. Is that that's not insanity? Not being able to recognize reality. She says, I feel like I'm living in the twilight zone. You are. You are. I feel for you. I'm a little removed. Living in a big city. But we're all living in this craziness. Gigi writes, good morning. What's going on with the Supreme Court? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. John Roberts uh, does not want his name to go down in history as the chief of the most uh, corrupted and politicized court in modern history. He's trying single-handedly to save it because it bears his name. Just like the Warren Court when Earl Warren was chief justice. In fact, there was a headline in the Wall Street Journal today, an article I, of course, did not read. It was on its opinion page that said something like, um, Warren court to blame for police brutality or something like that. I think that's what it said. And I thought, oh, yeah, right, sure. Well, Roberts doesn't want Roberts court to be used in that way, but it will be. Too much damage has been done. Chuck writes regarding the Tulsa rally. Let's see how many people actually show up. Trump is saying people are already standing in line. (laughs) Well, you know, Trump says you know there are there's there's activity outside that building, but it's yeah they're trying desperately to make it look like it's a yeah the place to be. Yeah, Trump said millions have requested tickets. I bet you. Those are the words of a master promoter. But in a state where the virus is on the increase, even the most dedicated followers will think twice before attending. I think the rally will fall flat. Well, it'll be interesting to see. I think if they think it'll fall flat, they'll pull the plug. If he thinks he's going to walk into a half-empty arena, he's going to pull the plug and, and say that he was concerned he uh the local leaders he listened to the people who were expressing concern for the health of the people blah 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 that's how it would go down right and chuck writes and just like the photo op at the church this rally is just another photo op they need material for the flood of ads we're going to be seeing in the coming months which means that his performance at this rally will be over the top. Well, it'll be the first time if it's held that he's gets that adrenaline going. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Really? Um, I'm glad Beth called yesterday. She's the one who called who has lived and she's, works in the movie industry and has uh, been in Atlanta. She moves around a lot because films move around a lot. She'd been in Atlanta for a long time, and she told us um, how she thought it was an incredibly corrupted um, police department there. But I have to tell you, and she said, I mean, that's a police department with a lot of black officers, black mayor. and so when you still see that even where black people are in these powerful positions it doesn't change the the nature of the police it certainly doesn't seem like it and it's interesting that the the DA who charged the cop um, in this latest extrajudicial murder of Richard Brooks, had said that the other cop unbelievably was going to turn state's witness, testify against his brother in blue? Unbelievable. And literally within an hour or two of him saying it, the lawyer for that cop said, no, he ain't. And I got to tell you something. I don't think that DA would have said that if it hadn't been true at the time. But once he said it, that other cop Must have been on the receiving end of so much frightening, threatening response from his brothers in blue that he did a fast walk back. That's so the cops. Here's why the good cops. Or are so fearful of speaking out. It could cost them their jobs, certainly. It could cost them their lives. Even in a police force with all of these black officers. And then you saw the Atlanta cops refusing to respond to calls yesterday after their brother had been charged. Calls came in for police. They didn't respond. They were showing their muscle. And stop and think about that. I don't know what they're doing today. I haven't heard. Are they calling in sick? We got some blue flu going on. Here's the thing. These same cops... when it comes to following the law, we'll find the most minor, piddling, obscure, even stretch the reality of some minor law to pin something, anything, on a black man. But, when the law is applied to them, they go insane. They have a meltdown. How dare you, they say. We're not going to do our job then. I want to tell you something. They are, the police themselves, are doing every bit as much for the cause of defunding and reforming and rethinking policing in America than than the protesters have. Good God, they're the ones. It's like Trump is defeating Trump. The cops are defeating the cops. And they don't even get it. They don't even see that's what they're doing. All right, so... What we got here? Aunt Jemima's gone down. Mrs. Butterworth, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, on the on the line too. Now I'm a little surprised at that because I I thought Mrs. Butterworth was was a white lady. I mean I don't the bottle doesn't show you know the bottle's shaped like a a lady a woman. And now the folks at Mrs. Butterworth. (laughs) Man, the syrup industry is really going through hell this week. Uh, That's ConAgra, a wonderful, horrible corporation, if there ever was one. They own Mrs. Butterworth. And they say that the company has begun a complete brand and package uh, review. And I thought, huh? And it turns out that... um, Mrs. Butterworth's physical shape uh strongly resembles according to uh some folks a mammy caricature the you know the the physique the uh, the style of dress it, it it's everything but the black skin and head covering Conagra said the uh, bottle, the image was intended to evoke the image of a loving grandmother. But Conagra says it does understand and wants to stand in solidarity with. Oh God, I love it when corporations start using phrases like "stand in solidarity with our black and brown brothers," and we can see. That our packaging may be interpreted in a way that is wholly inconsistent with our values. Let me puke. All right, so she might be going down. You notice the Native American on the Land of Lakes Butter, uh, she went down uh, earlier. Um, Cream of Wheat's next. Haven't heard from those folks yet, but... The image on a box of cream of wheat, another happy-go-lucky black man um, in a white chef's uniform uh, is pretty much the same as it has been forever. Uh said, says here the character was named, who knew? Rastus, oh, wonderful. Which is actually a pejorative for black men. Rastus. And he in the past has been depicted as a barely literate cook. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Okay, so it just keeps keeps on happening. I found this quote which I think is so right on. It's from Alexandra Petrie or Petrie. I don't I know how anyone's name is pronounced. Um she said this one of the difficulties of being alive today is that everything is absurd but fewer and fewer things are actually funny yeah there it is we used to think absurdity and funny were sort of part of the same same general basket but ain't true because we're knee-deep in absurdity. And last time I looked, not many folks are laughing. Right. Um, okay. I guess the thing... I'm sorry. I just can't believe... What, what do you think? Is Tulsa going to happen or not? Um. I just don't understand. There's stadia awe. Uh. Why doesn't he put it outside? I just, it's unbelievable. It's really unbelievable. The greatest insanity and delusion is inside the head of a man who is, and I want to thank all you voters again who did it, the president of the United States. Wholly incompetent, ignorant, and nuts and cruel. I wish I had something funny, but I don't. I tried. I mean, I I always look. I'm pouring through things, always looking for something that might be a little lighter. And I have to tell you, I I, I came up empty. So if any of you know anything, let me know. Um, by the way, I have um, booked for, is it next week maybe, Um. a guy who worked at CNN for years and years and years um, who then – started writing novels and his latest novel is called fake and it's about news and the novel itself is, um, you know, it's a page turner and a little, but I could, I did, I wanted to know how it was going to end. Um, but it, because it takes place, um, the lead uh, character is a woman who is a White House correspondent. And because this guy knows so much about how the news business works in in D.C., um, it's a fascinating uh, look. So having him on to talk not as much about the book as about um, CNN. He was uh, an editor on uh, Wolf Blitzer's uh, program. Um, the Situation Room. Here's another thing um, I came upon today, which just, you know, if I were... I can't imagine the exhaustion black people feel. All right, well, I just can't. I can't. This is from the New York Times today. It's not, again, any black person will say, oh, big shocker. Uh, headline, race, race factors into medical decision making. Okay. I mean, I've seen things where black people get are less likely to be given certain treatments. They they have not as good outcomes uh, in the same medical uh, situation uh, that a white person would have a better outcome. And here, wow, here is one of the was re- one of the reasons. The whole system is because the country is so freaking racist. It's in it's in the It's it's infected everything, everything. I'll just read this a little bit here. Unbeknownst to most patients, their race is incorporated into numerous medical decision-making tools and formulas that doctors use to decide treatments. Your race factors into whether or not you're going to get something or not. What the hell? And this involves things with cardiac issues, cancer, maternity care. Um, this is a, a paper published uh, yesterday in the New England Journal of Medicine, and it flat out says this has got to stop. It amounts to racial profiling in medicine, And we need to get off this train. That won't be easy because all the doctors out there have been trained to use these diagnostic tools. The unintended result is that medical resources uh, get directed away from a lot of black patients or are literally denied. It's because these tools they use are using race as somehow a proxy for genetics. And that is like from the last century. That is insanity. The paper in the New England Journal of Medicine includes a chart that lists nine areas of medicine where there are race-based Tests that are used today. Getting used right now over at UPMC. Getting used right now over at Quest Diagnostics because it says labs routinely use these calculations, like figuring out if someone's kidney function. Uh, is at the point where they need a kidney transplant. A white patient and a black patient, both having the same numbers on how their kidneys are filtering, will not necessarily be given the same answer of whether or not they can have a kidney transplant. In fact, The black people are handicapped. Um, It says here they have an adjustment that is used if the person is black. Black patients end up with slightly better rates of filtration than whites, which can be enough to make those with borderline kidney disease ineligible for a transplant. Same goes for osteoporosis medications. The National Osteoporosis Foundation actually calculates different rates of fracture for black women and white women. And this impacts on what medications they might be given. This goes on in obstetrics. And in these formulas, you're either white or you're black. There ain't nobody who's mixed race. When in fact, most of us are. Just so you know. Incredible. (laughs) Henry writes, Bolton, with his new book, is positioning himself as a patriot. Ain't going to happen ain't going to happen he wants us to think he is a a nation's son coming to our rescue with his wealth of information. That's just such a bull. If he wanted to henry says save the nation, he should have spoken up sooner exactly. He was looking at what's in this for me, what's in this for me, what's in this for me. He did not have to be subpoenaed by the Senate in order to tell what he knew. And at the time of the impeachment trial, any reporter would have given their right arm to get his story out. He is no patriot. I I can't imagine anyone thinking he is. My guess is he will be disavowed by both sides. The, The right will say he turned on them. He's a traitor. And those of us on the other side are seeing what you're seeing, what I'm seeing, that he's an opportunistic coward who wanted to make a lot of money and probably will. And little Tony <laughs> you, you speak for well, he's got two minutes. Uh Tony writes, Maybe the joke guy'll call. <laughs> we could we could use that. I just want to say um happy birthday to a a good friend of mine who i haven't seen since all this crap he's uh ninety four years old today uh charlie charlie i'm i don't know if you're listening pat you might be listening um gosh god bless you buddy um i i just you know i adore you. And uh, I wish I could be with you. Ninety-four. Just, and he's so, so handsome still. (laughs) So sharp. Oh, gosh. And he's such a good guy. Charlie, happy birthday. And many, many, many more. Well, I don't know, guys. It looks to me like uh, our joke guy ain't going to call. Dang. Well, you know, I, 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 when I say goodbye to you on Thursdays, I get so sort of freaked because I think, oh, my God, what's going to – and, you know, obviously, so much happens within a 24-hour period um, that – 72 hour period is is a lifetime in uh this nightmarish new America and um I just want to I just want to say I hope uh, we get through uh this weekend with no more unarmed black men being uh shot in the back by police or asphyxiated by police or beaten up by police. It's amazing to me that they haven't seemed to even back off at all. Even with all of us in the streets, they haven't backed off at all. Seems like they've doubled down. They know we got our phones out. They know everything they're doing is being, is being videoed. And because there's cameras on buildings all over, the odds of a cop being able to do this and not be seen are getting just smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and still and still. With witnesses standing there, they feel apparently no compunction to just openly murder black people in their beds, in the street, wherever, wherever. And we all know it now. We all know, and we have to stop it. Okay, that's it from me. The joke guy didn't save us today. Okay, have a have a good. Weekend and uh, yeah, keep your heads down or up. I don't know. Do what you got to do, but be safe. See ya. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., and archived at pghcitypaper.com.